0: This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our
1: Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast.
0: Hey, hey, it's ODB, and want to remind everyone that our title sponsor is Custom Car Show Productions. They are involved with a couple of events each year, including their flagship event, which is Scraping the Coast. It's typically towards the end of June, and this year it's going to be June 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Biloxi, Mississippi. Go to ScrapingTheCoast.com for more information. It is a wild event. Last year was the 20th anniversary We hope to see you guys out there. We will be inside at the Coliseum. Come on out. The awards are unreal. There's multiple DJs. There's lifted. There's lowered. There's hot rods. There's something for everyone. Scrapingthecoast.com for more. We also have to thank Custom Car Show Productions in conjunction with Keg Media. Orange Beach Invasion every year, typically towards now, the end of March. That's in Orange Beach, Alabama. These two awesome shows. Get out there, support the real deal, S- scraping the coast and Orange Beach invasion, cleaning hole out there. Or, or what'd you say? Yeah, I'm cleaning
1: hole out here on her in her driveway, front yard. Yeah, in the front, dude. i definitely gonna do it in the backyard. No backyard. She's on willy- the
0: golf course. No backdoor Willy's. She's on the golf course. I don't want nobody to see me on the golf. <laughs> you know, the golf course, right? Yo, 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 yo. It's our lifestyle podcast. Short, really should be OLP. Thanks for coming back and rocking with us. Episode 327, we're going to link up with Michael Anderpont, one of our listeners that we linked up with at LST, and we're going to talk to CJ from NC, Florida, about debuting his truck recently at Lone Star Throwdown. We got a jam-packed episode, but I think I heard Biggity Mike the Mayor out there. Uh, What was it? You were taking a shower or something outside? Uh, Bro, I'm cleaning my canal in the front yard.
1: Um, of a customer's uh, house, so I'm waiting for this AC guy uh, to get here, and I figured, what a better time to clean my canal than uh, right there in the front yard?
0: Dude, we do have to, you know, edit, you know, kind of edit this out because, you know, YouTube could shut us down at any minute.
1: Well, I mean, I could have been more a little bit more, you know, I, I thought I was doing all right with the
0: canal. <laughs> no, kind of using uh, medical no terms.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was trying to, but dude, uh, guess what, bro? This weekend. Frickin' OBI, bro. One of my favorite shows of the freaking year. And uh, definitely my favorite venue. Absolutely love the Wharf. Uh, Orange Beach, Alabama. The place where the wife is ready to go ahead and retire and call home. Uh, it's this weekend, bro. It's finally here. It's, uh, it's, it's always a blast.
0: OBIShow.com for more information. The good, the good thing is, Mike, we've reinforced throughout this last year. It's Keg Media. In conjunction with Custom Car Show Productions, they put on this awesome event, and it's free. Believe it or not, Mike, it is free to spectate. And as a show promoter yourself, you and John, you know that's not an easy task to pull off.
1: Uh, no, absolutely not. And uh, like I said, man, uh, hands hands down, one of my favorite. The venue is is by far one of the best and um, in, in all of car shows. Uh, You know, you got the condos right there, walk down from the condos and and the show is, you know, the the premier parking is right there. You got all the vendors. And like you said, I mean, you can't go wrong when you got free spectators. Um, That's something that, uh, you know, a lot of shows, uh, you know, can't do. Um, uh, is have free spectators and, and OBI is definitely uh, able to pull it off and, and uh, it's 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 awesome so if you guys didn't get one of those premiere spots or if you didn't get one of the spots to park in the show uh, definitely come out and, and, uh, and spectate because uh, it's not going to cost you a thing
0: yeah Corey Floyd will be out there snapping some amazing photos as other photographers will uh, as well hey we can't forget about our girl from Dragon Metal Come on now, the Boone. Dude, the Boons are coming off the top rope, and trust me, she is doing. I think for the first time, she's doing uh, booking sessions at the event.
1: Yes. So make sure y'all hit up Michelle Boone with Dragon Metal, and uh, she'll get you. Uh, she'll get you taken care of um, in the in the picture department because I do believe our boy Corey Floyd is uh, is full. Um, so uh, uh, if you missed out on Corey, make sure you hit up Michelle Boone. And, uh, and she'll get you taken care of.
0: Yeah, they're both rocking it. Uh, good people. Uh, again, on this episode, Mike, we're going to have Michael Anderpont. Uh, we linked up with him at Lone Star Throwdown. Him and his buddy Brian, I believe it was. And uh, we're going to chat with him a few minutes. He's a hardcore truck guy. Been in 25-plus. Then we're going to talk with CJ. Because, you know, Mike, CJ, I think, also recently got patched in negative camber. And, you know, his blazer came out swinging at Lone Star Throwdown, so we're gonna to try to link up with the big homie. You know, Chris Rollins when he does an interior, he doesn't play. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you, uh, Chris is uh, is one of the best uh when it comes to interiors and he absolutely killed it on cj's uh, two-door blazer and I, I, uh i you know.
0: hope that you don't mind that you know i'm helping try to spend some of your money because you know rollins was hanging with us in olp at lone star throwdown and when i talked to him you know i kind of told him i kind of booked i said i think mike wants to really do his interior you know i kind of told yeah, him like a yeah. 30 40 maybe a 50 grand deal you know what i mean he said he could do it
1: oh he can he get me right in
0: well, I mean, I said I said Project Banana Hammock is on the rise, and he goes, "Man, I could definitely do the interior." So, you know, I'm not trying to spend your money, but I just, you know, trying to help. You know,
1: well, you're not spending my money; you're spending Shannon's money. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure she definitely appreciates that. How oh, boy, and uh, and I look forward to letting her know that uh, Mr. Rawlings will be doing the interior for uh, uh, for you know Project Banana Hammock Grand Postal. Uh, you know, mellow yellow, bright as hell, you know, whatever the hell her, her name is this week.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. The OLP episode 327 overview is brought to you by Hammered Weekend Wear. That's H A M M E R D. Hey. Hit them up. They've got some new uh, drops that they recently did. You, you can go to their website and you can pick those up. The Izuzu and the Honda car. I love that they continue to mix it up. Huge shout out to Hammered Weekend Wear. And remember, this coming December, January time frame, they're going to have their open enrollment and you can get in with their t-shirt subscription. That way, all of these drops are automatically sent to you. Mike, I know you don't have a lot of time because you're getting ready for OBI, but you know I got one question. Before We're going to keep, I think, our segment a little shorter. But I got got one question for you. Are you ready? Now it's time to get serious. Are you ready? Dude, I am always
1: ready. And usually I'm ready to get it wrong. So let's do this.
0: So, Mike, the day of this recording, March 21st, okay? Back March 21st, 1986, dude. Ooh. My top three movies of all time, not the top three best movies of all time. We're talking ODB's favorite movies of all time, right? There's three movies, maybe, you know, there's two or three, my top three. A movie came out on March 21st, 1986. That's 37 years ago. Okay. Uh, One of my favorite movies of all time. You have to name the movie and then you can even name the actor. Now, here's the hint, Mike. We had the damn actor <laughs> on our podcast, and I know that's like really giving it away because we haven't had many actors. You know what I mean? We've well, had I mean, any- I act like I I act like I'm a podcaster every time I'm on this podcast. Right. So would that wow.
1: clarify, would that make me an uh, actor, dude? Do don't.
0: I was setting you up for that one, Mike. <laughs> that one, I mean, we do want you to stay at the post office, just to be clear. You know what I mean? Like, don't.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: You know, we don't want you to get hit with fruit or anything like that, like a banana, like, a, you know, on stage or something, you know?
1: No, definitely don't throw bananas, please.
0: But do you happen to remember the cold, the, dude, the capital C, cold classic, 37 years okay. ago, dude, because well, there's thunder in do. my heart, dude.
1: Well, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my guess of your top three movies before I even answer this question. Oh, my and boy. First, first is going to be The Goonies, Back to the Future, and then Rad. Yes! Because all three of those are cult classics, baby.
0: <laughs> Dude, you get a mic drop. Not only did you get five or ten ticks for driving to LST and oh, back. yeah. Dude, you just you just literally obliterated because you got rad, right? Because it came out 37 years ago today, but you just did like a reverse reverse end around on me deal. Not you know we're talking wrestling terms, and you you got it, dude. I don't know how you did that, but that's my top three right there. And you got rad.
1: Hell yeah. Well, see, I've done this podcast enough with you. Uh, to know <laughs> that uh, uh, what your favorite movies are, um, I've done a little bit of merchandise with you, <laughs> and um, so you know I kind of I tend to know you, what your uh, your favorite movies are.
0: You dug a poster out of the trash. <laughs> I mean, don't forget that.
1: Remember <laughs> um, that? Yeah. Yeah, and dude. Do I remember that? Dude, I, I got that hanging in my thing. room.
0: My wife's so pissed. I got it hanging over our bed, dude.
1: Well, I would be pissed too when you took the family portrait down and put and put that
0: poster <laughs> in place of the family portrait. Right, I think I'd be a little upset too, dude. I love it. Do you remember the actor's name and Rad that we had on the podcast?
1: <sighs> well, hey, I remember you seen him at um, Hell Track. I remember that. Yes, um, dude. You I remember I Hell know Track. Dude, would- I remember you drove from Hell Track back to scraping to, to scraping dude. the coast. All by Toothpicks in and my swear, freaking eyes, dude. Toothpicks. And I swear I've never had. I've never been prouder of you in my whole entire life than that day that you drove all the way back from Helltrack to <laughs> scraping the coast. Dude, that was a proud. That was a proud moment right there.
0: Well, I'm gonna give you the tick mark because you got hell. Because you knew Helltrack, right? Uh, it was Bill Allen, but remember, Bill. Yeah, damn it, damn, he, damn it. He really, he 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 really gets behind the character, and people love it because you know Crew Jones was I mean really in my book he's still the man. I mean he went from paper boy, thinks he's a pro to hundred grand plus the vet. Dude, you can't beat that man. Dude, that that that's 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 big that's big doll right there. Yeah, and so you gotta remember in a year I'm gonna ask you how much did he win like what did he win? You know? And really there's one other aspect to it because, you know, he had to qualify and uh then you know then then he won the big one. So we'll ask that next year. You know what I mean?
1: All right, all right. Well, hey, and I know you are not going to forget that either. Right. So I got to put that in my phone because I know <laughs> hey. you got that iPad, iPhone, and it's going to send a reminder. Make right. sure you ask Mike. <laughs> so I know you ain't going to forget because you don't forget shit.
0: Yeah, what's um Hank's working on a um a make like a a, a competitor to Amazon Alexa? I forget what it's called. It's called H- Hank Hank Axa or something like that with like three X's in the middle. He said he's got oh, a new okay. thing coming, AI or something, artificial something. Oh, damn. Hank, Hank is,
1: tell you what, Hank has got his uh,
0: his beer mug and all kinds of different things. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, Mike, listen, dude, we're going to cut our segment. I'm going to wrap it up. I mean, you're out there. You must have a towel really <laughs> getting after it, dude. I mean, I hate to get into details, but it sounds like you are, like, really <laughs> working something here, man. Well,
1: let's put it this way. I am out here, customer's house, AC's out, and I'm waiting on this damn AC guy. So not wasting no time. I got to clean my truck anyway, Um, heading to OBI this weekend. So hope to see the Airhead Nation out there at Orange Beach, Alabama, and uh, uh, they're at OBI. And, uh, you know,
0: make sure you say what's up. Dude, I love it, dude. Stay on the rise and, and drive safe, Mike. Keep those toothpicks. You don't want one to slip into your eye. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 no toothpicks needed, baby. <laughs> All right, Miggity Mike, we'll see you, doggy. Ah, uh, take care, brother. All right. So as we transition away from Miggity Mike, who's out there doing something, I want to remind everyone the trivia with Miggity Mike is brought to you by the Sparks Show. The tenth annual event is going down this August. Hit up thesparkshow.com. dot uh, com. This is an awesome event in Sevierville, Tennessee. And the pre registrations going on, but they also have done a registration and t-shirt combo, which is awesome. You can actually save a little bit of money, and uh, it's a great time up in Sevierville. Come on out, thesparkshow.com for more information you have uh, about the show. And, of course, that's the 11th, 12th, and 13th of August up in Sevierville, So next what we're going to do is we're going to roll into some audio. I'm going to call Michael Anderpont now. He's a big supporter of the podcast. He's a truck guy through and through, 25 plus. He's a Texas guy too, kind of rancher, but also does some other things. So we'll chat with him a little bit. I think you guys will appreciate it. Hearing a little bit different voice. So let's jump in right now. Michael, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down with OLP. Hey, hey, so as I mentioned, we're going to link up, try to start doing this more often, link up with some of our um, different supporters. And uh, Michael, we got a chance to link up at Lone Star. How you doing? I'm doing good, ODB. How are you? Not too bad. I appreciate uh, the good word. And it's is it Andre Pont? Yes, sir. Yeah, right. it's, it's Cajun. Cajun. I, I like it. I like it. And uh, Michael, the one cool thing is, you know, you're obviously a supporter. We appreciate you listening every week, but... You're also a truck guy right you you have a c ten
2: yes sir i've got uh kind of been in the game since ninety six okay stayed pretty local to southeast Texas and had a bunch of different rides between the between the years and right now, a buddy of mine named aaron dugas he's a uh, body dropping a seventy one g m c for me right
0: now that's the blue one, right yes, sir, yep, yeah, that's good stuff now. the other truck on your page I've seen in the past. Was it called Bernice?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a '65 C10 that Chris Sylvie. Uh, he's a committed Texas committed guy. Him and his dad, uh, Barn, found that truck and they bodied or they sit, uh, bagged it and body dropped it. That's I cool. picked it up from him probably three four years ago, and it was a cool truck.
0: So you got a couple a couple of trucks, and I mean, it's it's crazy, isn't it, Michael? How how much the classic truck market, right? I mean, just old school trucks. I mean, they've just exploded, haven't they?
2: It's ridiculous. I mean, you you can (laughs) spend hours on Marketplace and, uh, hell, I want to sell my truck, you know, and it's not even done.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because it's... People
2: are getting the money. It's nuts.
0: Yeah, it's enticing. So you basically have, you have a blue uh, GMC and then you've got the red Chevy.
2: So I don't have the red Chevy anymore. The 65 went to a dude in mississippi got it okay yeah but it's the 71 c10 hopefully he'll have it done in the next couple of weeks and uh we're gonna start doing some doing a couple of i'm tired of the regular black interior or brown and we're gonna do uh like a blood red full guts
0: nice on it just to offset that blue very cool yeah blue as you probably know is one of my favorite well it's really my favorite color i had a blue suburb they got the blue Lincoln and stuff and when I see that thing with those raceline wheels, man, it's just like clean, dude. And it's not even like you said it's not even laid out yet technically in the photos we see. Yes, sir. Very cool. Now, you came by with your homie at Lone Star Throwdown and we chopped it up, man. You had the family out there. Uh what was your friend's name again?
2: And that's uh Brian Ellis
0: yeah Brian Ellis, and you know yeah. you guys were so cool now for those that don't know, you also told us about a pizza spot that you guys had went to, and Mike couldn't stop talking about it on the way home from Lone Star. We're gonna go back there, and I think it was like you guys knew maybe the family or something it, that's how you you guys recommended it to us
2: yeah so brian's uh I believe brian's sister- in law used to work there, and uh, anytime they're near Conroe. They hit them up and they treat you know they're pretty much family. It's a cool little family-owned joint that the quality is always top-notch and drinks are always gold
0: cool. Dude, we ordered so many pizzas like our man. Our, we were just hungry <laughs> and uh, we took some back. Like the next day, of course, Mike's like throw away the pizza and I go no. Nah, I I'm eating this. It was like lunchtime. I was like all right, I'm pizzaed out now. Let's get something. different. Yeah, but it's no good. doubt. Now whereabouts? do you live in terms of where conroe's at how many hours are are you away
2: man uh, we're about an hour and a half east so we live in a little bitty town called china texas that's right I over remember near, you said uh, that. near the louisiana border yes sir
0: got it now when you go to lone star i mean we know i know it's cliche Everything's bigger in Texas, right? We've always heard that. I've always heard that, right? <laughs> but when you go to Lone Star Throwdown, the, the show we talked about it last episode is just crazy with Kyle. Yeah. You, I mean, you as a truck enthusiast, been in this 25 plus years. I mean, you just got to be like me, right? A kid in a candy store.
2: Man, you know, looking back at some of the big shows, like Heatwave used to be huge, mm-hmm. and, you know, when we were younger, that has not, not, no way, near, shape, or form the size that LST and, and Ronnie and Radar and them boys put on. And every year it seems to get bigger and better. I mean, it. this year we're walking around, there's a quarter million dollar build, there's a quarter million dollar build, and the quality, it's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, people wait to debut their vehicles yeah. there, and it's ironic because we're going to have CJ on this episode. It sounds like he debuted his um, two-door Blazer mini truck yeah. with an insane interior, and what's always been crazy to me is like you said the quality over the course of time with with people whether it's parts it's the craftsmanship and so many people do wait to debut their vehicle there because it's such a big show
2: yes sir yeah it's uh well and then you got amazing vendors you know uh the staff there is phenomenal the food is incredible the parking's easy it's just uh you know it's it's a great show good vibes man
0: yeah, and I think both you and Brian, you had the misses out there too, right? The ladies like coming.
2: <laughs> yeah, they lo- they love coming unless it was weather like in uh, 2022. They right, stay which, at the house last year.
0: Yeah, which we don't talk about, and I think to your point is why this year was so like it just exploded because. Everybody was itching. You know, it wasn't, you know, like with the last couple of years, you know, with with the way the world has been and stuff, people do want to get out. But it kind of had this like springtime slash summer, really. I mean, I was baking uh-huh. out there. It had this vibe that was just like, dude, come on out. Lots of trucks. There's lots of covered area. There's food vendors. There's pretty much yeah. like you could get there right when it opens and you could stay till the end of the day and go, man, my $20 band, I got my money's worth.
2: Oh, yeah. 20 bucks to see, see all that. Oh, you could spend a day up at the Alamo Customs entrance, man. Yeah. All the Holly Boys and all I mean, geez. It's uh but you're right. I mean, y'all hit hit the nail on the head on the LSP episode, their coverage episode. It was like uh, I don't I've seen it like that ever. I mean, it was people coming out of the woodworks. You usually get there on you know, if you get there at ten on Saturday, you can you have free roam of the place. But it was packed at ten. Yes.
0: And I gotta throw a shameless plug out for Lonnie and Radar. If you guys don't know, Classic Truck Throwdown—that's you know they—they've had this um, good pot of gumbo success, right? All these different ingredients that make up Lone Star Throwdown. So they're expanding the Throwdown franchise, I'll call it. And of course, as you know, Michael, Classic Truck Throwdown is going down June thirtieth. Uh, through July second, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that of course is going to be the weekend, kind of before Fourth of July weekend. I know Fourth of July this year is like on a Tuesday, but if you think the weekend before that, that's when Classic Truck Throwdowns going down, and you would imagine with the success that they have in in the uh, the the enthusiasm of all of these classic trucks, right? Whether they're stock or they're bodied or they're bagged. I would just imagine this next show is gonna be a pretty crazy too in the weather, you know obviously Texas it's gonna be hot, but uh, it should be a good show for everyone
2: yeah, absolutely absolutely. I'm sure uh they'll draw plenty of people outside of the state you know coming back in like they do for LST
0: oh yeah now you being a c10 guy um you obviously are listening to like Ronnie with his truck talk media and all the stuff he's expanded over there. But we got to thank you, too, because, you know, often we always reinforce, a lot of us started from mini trucks, right, and BMX bikes and skateboarding yes. and stuff, but we can't thank you enough, you know, even being, a you know, an old school truck guy, but you still listen to OLP, and we appreciate that.
2: Oh, yeah, man, nothing's better than some of the old things we grew up with, and you guys, man, it seems like y'all just bring us back to uh, childhood, brother.
0: I'm telling you, man, it's so fun, and, you know, people often ask, like, why do you do it, and it's like... Honestly, like even if nobody listened, I, I would almost like try to force myself to do it because, you know, when I look at, you know, we think back to the future and, you know, police academy yeah. and you think BMX bikes and skateboarding, even though like I wasn't good at either one of those two sports, like it just brings us back to an era to say, you know what? We had a pretty kick-ass childhood.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was somewhat carefree, you know, and it's a shame. I don't think the kids these days are have the freedom to uh, do the things we did.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree with that and it's a different world that we live yes, in sir. with people having phones everywhere and stuff and sometimes even myself I've got to force myself which ironically enough at Lone Star I think I did with with the cell connectivity that was like you know brought to a halt <laughs> right because there's so many people it, it allowed for me just to kind of live in the moment you know we were chopping it up people were coming by and it wasn't like oh my god I gotta post this video like I just pretty much knew I told my brain dude there's no internet. So just like live yeah. in the moment,
2: and I tell you, uh, every year I, I try to. And you got to take more pictures of the trucks. Take more pictures. This year I I had zero of the trucks, and I had a couple selfies with with you and I. Yeah, and Brian. yeah, that well, was it.
0: Yeah, and you left, but, and you were just like, dude, you know, you had a great time, and I think that's the cool yeah. thing. It's like I'm trying to force myself now even more. Instead of telling the family well no, you know, I gotta do this or got to do that. It's like just kinda live in the moment, you know? And and yeah. if nothing else, I mean hell, we made it through our childhood without camera phones, like we'll be fine, right? <laughs> yes.
2: Absolutely. Hey, you know the best thing about LST? What's that? Is uh we own a ranch down uh highway one oh five, which is out east of Conroe. Okay. And so uh we'll we'll leave Sunday morning, head back to the house and we'll sit on the side of the road and watch all the uh The show trucks head back
0: east. Yeah, buddy. Like the good old days, man.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Now, I forget if we talked about this because I had a lot of conversations at the show. Being kind of, you know, you just hinted, you know, being a rancher, right? Being in that business. It's so funny to me because I don't watch a lot of TV. There's some shows I watch and stuff. But lately, you know, Kevin Costner has had this successful show, and I think it has the right ingredients And I often think someone that's in the business, you probably look at it and you cringe at a lot of it because it's like Hollywood-ish, you know? (laughs) But people, what's maybe one thing people don't realize about like the ranch life, like as a rancher or whatever your role is there? Maybe what's one thing that would surprise them about what you do for a living?
2: And uh, honestly, it's it's the work. I mean, it never stops. It's a different kind of stress. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these these animals can't feed themselves or protect themselves for the most part. So it's it's rewarding, but it's, it's long
0: hours, man. It is. It is. And people, yeah. I know this might sound weird, is like when, you know, when I see, like in Florida, you know, you, you see cows, right? You see cattle and you kind of yes. just go, hey, cattle's there. They're eating grass and, you know, they're just there. But I don't always, it doesn't always translate that it's like, Like a perfect example, my old neighbor, he was three years older than me. Really good dude, Jeff. He went to Florida State. He retired. He was like a police officer a long time, and he bought some land that he recently got it um, as ag-exempt here in Florida. And Uh he's he's got a couple of cattle, and he was talking about how one, you know, he took it to the, I guess, the slaughterhouse and, you know, went through that stuff. And he was talking about how they were eating, like, the steak, right? And he said, you know, the animal, you know, allows for us to be able to eat, right? And I think... It, it might be a basic concept, but for me, I don't always think when I see cattle on the side of the road that hey, that's that's how we have hamburgers, you know?
2: Yeah, that's substance, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's and people forget too. You know, this is the backbone. Uh, today, I think that we're recording. I think it's actually national. Uh, I don't know if it's Farmer's Day. There's it, there's a day today, yeah. I watched the video today, where it was like, you know, because here in Florida, we've got the strawberries and all that stuff, but the yes. backbone really of what we do as a country, right, and how we feed everyone and stuff is is the farmers, the hardworking mofos like you out there, man.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, this is my side gig. I have a real job. Okay. Uh, uh, I basically repair, uh, industrial gas turbines power generation turbines ah okay and we have this ranch on the side so it it makes for longer days but and it's you know america was built by hard-working ranchers farmers uh trade tradesmen yeah
0: Yep. people forget tobacco was the i think the main export when the country was was founded you know so yes sir but uh
2: it's you know it's cool it's we try to do as much as we can to uh, feed ourselves and our family and friends, and and try to be self-sustainable as much as possible. So,
0: very cool. Yeah, very cool. Now, if people wanted to find you, Michael, on uh, on the old IG, why don't you give out your IG, man?
2: Yeah, on IG it's af underscore ranch, and uh, there's gonna you'll probably be. Uh, surprised at all the different crap that goes on that page it, it sounds yeah. like it should be picture the cows and sheep and stuff but it ain't
0: yeah and what was cool is there's the, uh, the i think it was the armadillo the tattoo yeah there's a little oh, bit of yeah. trucks you know there's some hard-working american dudes out there hustling there's some cool hot rod type vehicles and um, yes, sir. like i said michael it's yeah. it's cool to, to link up with link up with you why don't you give a shout out to the misses and. It was your it was your child that was there in the wagon, right?
2: Oh uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, it wasn't ours. So okay, we don't behind. have any kids. But yeah. And uh, but man, uh, she lets me do a lot of things. Her name's Suzanne. She's on IG, but she's like yeah doesn't low. post. And,
0: yeah, low, you down. Know, low key. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, cool, cool woman, man. Put up with my ass for almost
0: 16 years. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and, you know, as a mini trucker or a truck guy in general, that's not easy because, remember, these parts aren't cheap, are they? And the labor is not cheap.
2: (laughs) No. The labor, the time away, the, you know, all that. But, yeah, she's a ride-or-die chick,
0: man. That's so cool. Well, listen, dude, like, it's always awesome to talk at a show, but it's cool to link up, too. And sometimes, you know, we end up going, hey, man, here's my number. definitely want to keep in touch you know we have kept in touch since the show yes sir we we can't wait to be back there next year and you know just from a a truck enthusiast to truck enthusiast and someone like yourself that listens to the podcast you know we can't thank you enough man
2: yeah we we definitely appreciate what y'all do and man y'all are two good human beings man just good people so uh we hope to meet up before the next lst brother
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we're not, I'll speak for myself, you know, because Mike, you know, I can't speak for him, but, you know, we're not perfect. I I always try to tell people we, um, you know, trying to right any wrongs I've got, I've ever done in the past. But I, I, you know, I I feel confident to say, like, I've got no beefs with anybody. Life is good. You know, you get up, you go to work, you work hard, you do the stuff you love. And, you know, that's the American dream, man.
2: Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Make hey, enough money to buy truck parts. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. And then funnel it over to Hank at Hammered Weekend Wear because he's, dude, he's he's got it. You know, he says, hey, I need my smokes. I need my alcohol. I need my lotto tickets. <laughs> but he's been good. He's been clean. You know what I mean? He's living that clean, yeah. sober life now. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Holy crap.
0: <laughs> but, Michael, dude, we appreciate you. Andre Pont, Um, you know, keep trucking out there. Well, like you said, we'll link up hopefully before Lone Star next year and uh, we'll keep it on the rise, brother. Hell yeah, ODB. Appreciate you, doggy.
2: Yes, sir. Y'all be good. Be careful and uh, have some fun.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. We need a sticker.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Hells yeah, that was awesome. And it's always good to link up with someone that is uh, just a hardcore truck guy, a uh, good family dude, hardworking American. Uh, it's, it's just a great thing. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, next, uh, the general update. So Miggity Mike, we heard is going to OBI. So I know some of you guys are going to be disappointed. I am not going to make the event this year. Um, I actually had to end up canceling my trip and I'm just going to end up having to take care of some stuff here locally, uh, family type stuff and nothing's bad, so to speak, but trying to get some things done that I need to. And it just isn't in the cards this year to make it. So, uh, Mike is going to send us some photos and videos and we'll make sure we post them. It is one of the best shows. Um, I really want to get my Lincoln out there. I'm kind of working through some things on it. And what my goal is next year is I'm going to uh, pre-register for the show, have a great spot there, the VIP deal, and I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, this year, you know, right now we've got kind of some family stuff going on, especially with Maddie, uh, my wife. Uh, it's our it's already a tough month because you got spring break this month. It's our wedding anniversary. It's her born day. And uh, we're just kind of doing some things around that and with Mom Duke. So that's kind of the general update from ODBZ uh, brought to you by the general updates, is brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown. Uh, you heard us talk about Lone Star Throwdown with the big homie Michael. It's the biggest, baddest truck show in the country. Go to lonestarthrowdown.com, set your reminders on your smart devices for August 1st, that 8 1. Uh, That's when the pre-registration will open, and and no doubt, uh, I would imagine this year is going to sell out even quicker than the past. That 56 hours that we experienced in 2022 is probably going to be cut down even shorter in terms of selling out 2,000 pre-registrations. So uh, hit up loadstarthrowdown.com for more info, and we will see you out there the last weekend in February 2024. God, it's crazy to say that. Uh, the next thing I want to hit upon is, so in the title of this episode, Mini Truck and Culture, I had a good conversation with a buddy the other day, and this is going to tie into something that comes out in the future, and you know, he was like, yo, what would be the best episode to talk about mini trucking or mini truck culture, and it was really a tough answer because you could go back 300 plus episodes and there's a little bit in each one. Have we really ever sat down and just broke it down? I wouldn't know what episode that is. Of course, in the early days, you know, we had Mini Trucking 101. We had some of those kind of uh, different titled episodes, but it would be really hard. And for some people, it would be tough to find those. Uh, oftentimes, with Apple podcasts, you can only go back so many. But here's what I would say if you ever go out there and look at Mini Trucking history, you will find an article that Ernie Macias did. I think it's out on the Motor Trend Old School Mini Trucking website. Rest in peace, Ernie Macias. He did a write-up, and if you go through that, he traces, of course, minis back to the late 50s, which I've said that before on this podcast, right? We know the gas crisis is a lot in our heads. That's where a lot of us you know, tie mini trucks in the U.S. We bring it back to that point, right? So the 70s brought in those lighter vehicles. Now, as we heard on the West Coast Influence, The vanners of the day were the early mini truckers, so to speak, like custom vans, custom interiors, custom wheels. Uh, The runs that they went to were kind of, in terms of shows, that was the early, you know, truck run, if you will. Then you mix in a Ford Courier, a Chevy Love, uh, you know, a step up topper slash camper shell. Biggity boom. You got clubs like Sunset and others that were basically, you know, moving from the van days into the mini trucks, right? Something a little bit more sportier. And I think when you look at that, and then you bring in the mid 80s, you know, early to mid 80s, you you basically start to have advancements in technology. Like with CD players come out 40 years ago, I think it was in 83, the CD player came out, uh, which was 40 years ago. Uh, You have, you know, car audio starts to grow with technology and things like that. Uh, you have parents that are helping get their kids into their first vehicle. A lot of them kind of turn to a mini truck. We've heard a lot of the old school mini truckers from the eighties on this uh, podcast where they've talked about, yeah, you know, my parents were helping me get my first truck. We went down to the local dealer, a stock truck was, you know, 6,500, seven grand, you know, even less uh, depending on what you ended up with. But th- you, you know, you mix all that together uh, you have an affordable mini truck you have a teenager in it and you know they see their buddy down the road you know cruising maybe they see their buddy oh you know what i just lowered my truck the other day i you know i i turn, turned down the torsion bars and i did this and i did that and it was like a chain reaction you end up with the west coast you know already you know big with skateboarding and BMX and then boom you mash all that with the 80s and, and these teenagers that were 13 14 start to get their learner's permit at 15, start driving at 16, that all clashes together. And then you end up with, you know, the mini truckers cutting the roofs off, topless minis, uh, reverse offset wheels, and things like that, and it just grew. Now, granted, I will always say, in my mind, the 70s is really where it got cracking off. Because if you think about it, the mini trucks date back to the late 50s, believe it or not, okay? But I think the culture itself, you know, aka mini truck, and that's tied directly to the vanners in the youth of the 80s. But uh, Truckin' magazine came out in summer of 1975, and that has a mini truck on the cover, as well as, of course, plenty of vans. Uh, the term trucking, you know, keep on trucking, you know, is a term that's still kind of big in the big rig days. Uh, the vans are starting to come back, even. But basically. In '75, the mid '70s, you have a publication that comes out that's dedicated to the lifestyle, the truck lifestyle, and things like that. So I really think you know if if summer of '75 there's already a mini truck. It's kind of lowered. It's custom. You know that obviously was built. You know by that time, and what you end up with is you know probably '70, '71, '72, '73. You know, 50 years ago, basically, mini trucks really started to explode you know in terms of customizing and things like that so mini truck culture i think is a culmination now in 2023 of a lot of stuff you know it's a culmination of trucks obviously different styles Uh, music was a big influence if you think about a lot of the mini truck reels that you see a lot of us are picking old 80s songs right and things that remind us of those early days right And, uh, you know, the cars that go boom, even though it says cars, you know, that we always pick that song from Latrim that ties in the truck. So mini truck culture is a culmination of all that stuff. And I really think we've established now over the past almost eight years that the skateboarding and BMX stuff, that culture, that really boom, just mashed up well with mini trucks It brings us back to Mike Dominguez when he was rolling in the 720 with a tilt bed and his bike strapped in. That was one of our first, you know, it was our first shirt with a vehicle on it. We came out swinging with that, and we had, like, the front and the back versions. I mean, two pieces of artwork, and it made such an impression that Mike Dominguez owns that shirt, right? But, again, going back to the 80s when – the guys are starting to ride the ramps like crazy with skateboarding and BMX. And you just had teenagers that were like, how did they kind of rebel? It was like, well, we're going to cut the roof off. We're going to make it topless. We're going to lower the truck a little bit. We're going to throw a tilt bed. We're going to throw the whole um, speaker setup in the bed, right? We're going to show up to the cruise night, and we're going to have the loudest truck or the lowest truck. We're going to have our bike in the back maybe, right? We're going to meet up with the homies at the skate park. We're going to take the little van. Or excuse me, we're going to take the little truck, like think Tony Hawk on Gleaming the Cube, right? Uh, with the Pizza Hut deal on it. So I think that's it. If, if he, um, the person I'm talking about, we'll talk to him in the future. If if he directs anybody to listen to episode 327, Mini Truck Culture, and this episode with CJ, hopefully you guys will get to this segment and go, okay, yeah, pretty much you know, summed it up. It's hard to really tie it back to that because remember... I started reading Truckin' in the early '90s. Still have my first issue, circa '92, '93, and reading Minion Truckin' shortly after that. But it's crazy to think, even then, that you know trucks had been around for already 20 years, you know, give or take these custom trucks, and going back maybe even a little bit further. But you had people that were customizing these trucks like Starbuck and Santini and Bob Hayes and so many other people, they were modifying these trucks and painting these trucks and lowering these trucks and doing body mods and things like that all back in the seventies into the early eighties. So I think there's many different ways to spin it, but I think th- what I just covered is really what most of us have kind of heard. And if you want more on this topic, please go to mini truck film. Dot com. That's minitruckfilm.com. You can buy the West Coast Influence. Now, that's a Blu ray or DVD. And uh, Radar spent his own money to produce this documentary style film on mini trucking. So, uh, if you want to hear from some of the true OGs and the people that helped get us to where we are today, go to minitruckfilm.com and place an order. I think that's the best way I could sum it up. The people from the 80s, the people from the 90s, and even the 2000s, they carried this, right? They took it to the next level. We've talked to so many of these guys like Genro, and people that said, hey, air shocks are cool, let's put an airbag. Okay, that's low, but let's body drop. That's cool, but let's stock floor body drop. That's cool, but let's one, two, three, right? So we're going to continue to see where this thing leads us, but at the end of the day, I think when you look at the hot rod scene, Guys that didn't really even want to bag their stuff in the late 90s, early 2000s. Now you can't go to SEMA without seeing bagged and bodied, full chassis, you know, Roadster chassis, Jimmy's Running Customs doing the damn thing. All of that, a lot of that stuff really came, and people don't, they're never going to believe this, a lot of it came from the mini truck world. It really did. And you could say, I totally agree, like Boyd drove a lot of stuff from the sport truck segment. But when you mash the sport trucks of the 90s, you know, late 80s, 90s, and you mashed it with mini truckers pushing the limit with bigger wheels, going lower, body dropping, now body drops go from mini trucks to full sizes. We, you know, talked to our Customs in the past, Rick Bentley and, you know, Gendro and all these different guys that were doing this stuff at the time. And then you get crew cut, you know, body dropped. And you get all these different trucks built, again, we're where we are today, thanks to a lot of those people carrying on what the Vanners and the mini truckers of the 70s started. So that's it. That's all I got to share on that topic. Minitruckfilm.com, again, pick up the Blu-ray or DVD. Okay, uh, so next we got ODB live and uncut. And uh, this one is a kind of a fun one. Social media engagement. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But what does get old is constant negative comments. I can see, like even me, I am I love social media because I love sharing what we do. But man, it gets hard to constantly see negativity. And the good thing is, lately on the OLP page, I haven't seen that much negativity. You know, it's someone throwing their opinion here and there, and that's like perfectly fine. But... If you're trying to grow your social media, you you know this and you, or if you don't, you should that, you know, in, engagement is the key word, right? You want people to engage on your posts. On my LinkedIn page, for instance, I post stuff and even if I don't ask what people's opinions are. Like I'll just post a car and say, "Hey, check out this car." It's negative, negative, negative. Now, not all the time. But a lot of times it is, you know, why lower this car? They ruined the car. Why would they put an LS engine? You know, it's like that constant stuff. Or like if I post a car for sale, there's no way you can't go for this much. And then the next day I post five cars that went for that much. Right. But it's just, it, 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 it's just negativity. And that's something like, as I've gotten older, I try to get rid of that negativity. And when you're running a social media page, again, you don't want to block the haters, right? Because you want that engagement. But something that I'm going to tie this into is I'm trying to kind of live that Ted Lasso life, you know, that positivity. That's what 98, 99% of me has always been positive. You know, I had my moments and I've tried to get through those, but often I see some effed up stuff and I still just keep scrolling. I've learned to like, even if I see stuff that I'm like, I don't like that. Why would they run that wheel? Why would they do that interior? Why would they do that? I just don't engage on it. You know what I mean? Now, I want you guys to continue to engage with OLP, right? Keep me honest, right? Or keep me keep me straight. But just do it positively, and that's what I'm continuing to see. So I thank you guys. If you go back, I'll give you an example. If you look back at some of our reels on uh, Instagram, there's a reel that I did at Lone Star Throwdown, and it was the Tilt Cab truck. And this truck, I happened to be at the right place at the right time. He was kind of swinging that thing around, and – for once, uh, I haven't done, you know, usually I put music to a reel, but what I ended up doing was I just let it roll with the with the, with the engine sound. And the guy was trying to pull in. I think maybe he had just blown a line or something. He, he was having an issue. I get out of the way. It has 192,000 views on that one, 13,000 likes, 5,000 shares. For our page, that's a lot, Okay. Our page, uh, you know, we we get a lot of love, but we don't. We're not up there with those type of numbers on a weekly basis in terms of one post. Now, cumulatively, yeah, we're a few hundred thousand a week, a month, all that. But when you look at the post, you know, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good comments on there. You know, it's definitely different. You know, th- you know this and that. Couldn't be more creative. You know, kind of a little negative. You know. You know, people engaging in positive stuff. But then there's just people that are just assholes, you know. They're like, why would you do that? It's, you know, take it to the junker, all this stuff. And then you kind of come to find out that Mobsteel Emma had posted. The the guy, or I'll call him the kid, right, the guy that, that posted it, he's Michael Fenton, Fenton Speed Shop. And you look at his profile, he's got 4,000. Uh, followers and and you look at his page and he builds some pretty cool stuff but just because someone builds something that's weird that you would just go like why would you tilt cab right you, you know you look at it and you go okay yeah you know it's probably not totally sealed up you know it's not like putting babies in this thing driving them to school right it's something that showcases a lot of engineering and I think the one thing that I would say to take away from this ODB live and a cut is something I learned a long time ago is if you see something at a show, And it's not your cup of tea. I guarantee if you spend a couple minutes, you'll find something that's like, man, that's pretty cool. That's a cool chassis. Damn, that motor swap looks pretty awesome. This and that. He may have done this just for the attention that it got. But we've seen people do that all the time with clickbait. That's how often these pages grow. I see people... They do these all these stage things on their Facebook to or or YouTube to to grow their channel. You know they do these certain things, and this guy may have said, "Hey, let's build the what's the craziest thing we can build? Uh, We're gonna have OLP talking about it. We're gonna have everybody at the show talking about it. You know this and that." And he did it. You know, it's a cool patina truck. Not everybody's cup of tea. I totally get it. But bottom line is, just don't don't be negative on everything. I I just try to say, hey. If it's, if it's something that I don't like, just keep scrolling. I mean, how hard is that? Uh, <laughs> don't be a troll. Don't be a troll. So, anyways, that's ODB Live and Uncut this week. Brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. If you need skate decks for your show or you want to put your main squeezes, car or truck, on a skate deck, hit up Joey Dilworth at Get Decked. Get decked underscore VA on Instagram, Joey dealworth on Facebook. He also has a website where he sells his own merch. We are getting ready to do a re up with him for mini nats, and we're gonna have some skate decks, some sought after ones that are kinda hard to get from our OLP verse as I call it. And um so I would recommend if you want one of our skate decks, come by Thursday, early, early, early Friday before they sell out. But Joey at Get Decked, we can't thank him enough for what he does. Okay. Ah, uh, next we got the scene updates, and this one was a big one. If you follow SEMA on Instagram, or I'm sure via email and things like that, they made an announcement where they said, "Mark your calendars for November third and fourth. SEMA Fest is coming to Las Vegas Festival Grounds." What is SEMA Fest? A high octane automotive lifestyle festival open to the public enjoy live music, freestyle motocross, drifting competitions, and much more. If you think SEMA Ignited, that was the way to kind of get everybody from the convention center over across the street so they could start tearing down what they have to in there. And SEMA Ignited has been a cool thing. It seems like they just let that kind of die out. I know Chip Foose was involved with that. They have an official SEMA Ignited Instagram. They didn't really post anything. That kind of turned into just a cruise, which I participated in, thanks to Brandon Burrell. That was kind of a bucket list thing. I got to ride out in Cranberry a few years ago, and that was a lot of fun. Cruising from the convention center, you've got everybody there from media-wise taking photos, and then you cruise across, and they've got this big cruise thing, and then boom, it was over. Now, I don't know how long Seema Ignited's kind of been done. I don't know if the COVID stuff, they just ended up switching, you know, or what they did, but... Bottom line is SEMA Fest. This is going to be cool because I think what we've continued to see from people that go to SEMA every year is they seem to say that the there's companies that are pulling out. There's also spectators and and just uh, enthusiasts that are that are not attending. And when I go, I didn't go in 2022, but in 2021, I just see people, people, people everywhere. I'm not looking at the numbers. I don't know. Are they down 10%? Are they down 20%? You know, someone said last year Ford wasn't there. So I don't really know what the future of it is, but I do believe SEMA is smart enough. They've already been thinking through this. They're going to pivot and move. And what they'll end up doing is they'll come up with something where, I mean, maybe one day your average just Joe could go and buy a ticket and get in. Um, I think people have kind of said you can kind of do that, I think, on one day. Of course you could do that in the outside area and there's plenty of stuff outside. But I'm curious to see where they take this. Uh, I guess is the is the best way I can put it. I just know that, you know, with any any business that you're running if your numbers are down at all or your vendors or participants are down, you know, the upper brass, the top brass is going, "Hey, what are we going to do?" And you know, this seems like a step in that direction to The question of what are we going to do? You know, they're trying to kind of open things up, maybe get more people there. So we shall see. But that's one item I wanted to cover. Uh, Here's another cool one. Uh, So I'll mention this Shannon Bullis would love to get him on the podcast in the future, but he had a flea market find and he had a good couple of big, maybe two, three stacks of mini trucking and trucking magazines. Some really good ones, even ballistic in there. January 93. And even older issues that are gold. I see one there, baddest of the baddest on the block. That was where my truck was announced as the twenty thirteen Mini Truck of the Year. Uh, so I mean, he got some really really good ones, and uh, it's cool to see these magazines still turn up from time to time. Jasmine Green, former guest, and of course she won our twenty twenty two. Mini Truck of the Year down under. She had grabbed, she said, a few photos of the stout before chopping it up. I'm telling you, man, some of these ladies out there like Jasmine, they're running circles on people, and I mean that in a good way. She is a hustler. She's always out there uh, just coming up with crazy stuff, and uh, I love seeing it. So uh, big ups, Jazzy. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we'll have to find a way out to smuggle that award over that Welch's Chop Shop did for us for your 2022 Mini Truck of the Year Award. Danny St. Gaudens, G-A-U-D-E-N-S. I know he's a supporter of the podcast. I appreciate uh, that, Danny, and he has no regrets. He said, honestly, never thought I would own another Mini, but when the opportunity came up, I couldn't pass it up. The truck has always been one of my favorites, and I'm happy to say that I now own it. If you know me, then you know that I'm a Toyota guy. This uh, truck is absolutely perfect, and it's an awesome Toyota. So uh, got some famous lineage there with that one, and uh, really, really awesome. So I'm happy for Danny. Uh, Would love to see the truck. I don't think I've ever seen that one in person. It's a nice one for sure. Uh, Terry Lane, she was one of the models on a previous uh, cover of Mini Truck Magazine, Uh, She has given us shout-outs in the past and love following her on Facebook. It's T-E-R-I Lane. She said, not a bad start to the day. Good guys, Lone Star Nationals, Texas Motor Speedway, chilly start, but the sun is out and warming up. Uh, She was out there with their C-10 and uh, pretty cool stuff that she's hardcore mini trucker at heart, but a truck enthusiast, no doubt. Those are a couple of the scene updates for this week. We'd like to thank Garage Gear Clothing for the continued support. Go to GarageGearClothing.com and place an order. They have free shipping on certain orders, uh, depending on how much you spend. They're also going to be at Mini Nats. Garage Gear Clothing—they've got a cool amount, a cool array of merchandise, including mini trucks, full sizes, sport trucks, hot rods—you name it. Garage Gear Clothing, good people. All right, so we got to start winding down here a little bit because I know you guys want to get to CJ's audio. Here's what we have for you for the show updates. And uh, I would encourage you guys, if you go to our lifestylepodcast.com. on the left, you're going to see official OLP show calendar. Uh, click on that and then tap where it says or tap or click here to subscribe. And it's going to ask, do you want to subscribe to our iCal? Uh, you can go out there and you can subscribe to our digital calendar. Now, I have spent some time and I've went through and I've added shows to the calendar. If you've got a show for whatever reason that I may have missed, I you know, or something, email me our at gmail.com. You can click the email option in our Instagram bio. Please email me and put something in the title, you know, or the subject uh, you know what the show name is. And, you know, again, I know Ronnie said this years ago. But, you know, when you're, you know, you have multiple platforms, it's really tough to keep up with everything because there's a lot of messages come in. There's spam stuff. There's this. There's that. So, you know, it is easier, at least for me, if you can send it through email and we'll make sure that uh, we get it added there. Now, I do go in uh, to iCloud. I've been trying to go in once every couple weeks or as I see something on Instagram that maybe I'm like, I don't know if that's on the calendar, and I've been literally adding things. Uh, so what we've got this weekend is we've got Altered Metal, Orange Beach Invasion, as you know, we talked about earlier, and then Forbidden Fantasy. That's going to be out, of course, on the West, so some of you are going to be out there. Uh, next month, we got Southeast Mini Truck and Nats. That's the 21st, the 22nd, and 23rd. You'd really have to be unplugged to not know what Mini Nats is, but just... Trust us. Come on out. Get an armband. We'll hear from Jay Bell probably next episode as we start to move into April uh, and kind of, you know, understanding, you know, what are the key things that people need to know about this mega event in Maggie Valley, uh, North Carolina. So uh, from there, two weeks later is going to be, keep me honest here, Battle in Bama. So, Battle in Bama. I know that um, that kind of causes me to scratch my head because I think that they've kind of shifted a little bit uh, over the course of time, and they are now on the weekend of the fifth, sixth, and seventh of May. So, May fifth, sixth, and seventh, uh, Cinco de Mayo, right? Is that weekend? So, uh, you know, Craig and team they have an awesome event going on in uh, Alabama, Battle in Bama. Obviously, you can find more information out there on social media facebook i think he still goes live and does a lot of that stuff a couple weeks after that so literally two weeks later you're going to have relax it in the park that event uh pre-registration is going on and then mike and i we are going to be hunkering down at made a steel show so we have linked up with made a steel we want to highlight the show as much as possible it's been around i want to say this is maybe the eighth annual uh that's going from a quick memory and um Made a Steel Show is in Dover, Florida. So certainly if you can come out and you could support this show, uh Sydney Washer Road here in Central Florida, May nineteenth and twentieth, it's a Friday Saturday. Uh first one hundred pre registrations, will get a free t shirt and free food provided by Collins Lemonade on Friday night. So they've got kind of that Friday pre party hangout. You know, it's a little cooler, and then of course Saturday is always warm. But there's a a lot of awesome uh, vehicles that come out to this event. There's also a covered area. I think they were doing some expansion last year, someone mentioned. There's also AC spots. So many of us congregate in the AC. We chop it up. We talk the old times, good old days and whatnot. So madeofsteelshow.com. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Uh, Come on out, and uh, we're going to have a good time. We will be there. I know Severed, Florida, we're going to come as hard as we can in terms of that event. It's going to be good. After that, there's an event that I added, Slam Jam. So if you're anywhere near uh, Tennessee, McMinnville, McMinnville, uh, there's a show going down the 26th, 27th, 28th. That's called Slam Jam. I believe I have that correct. I added that one to the calendar. Uh, In June, we have Scraping the Coast. I mentioned at the beginning, so Scraping the Coast is the 23rd, 24th, 25th, our title sponsor, and uh, we'll be out there in Biloxi. Classic Truck Showdown is the 30th of June that goes into then July 1st and July 2nd. That is the weekend before 4th of July, okay? Uh, then the the next, well, when I say the, the, the weekend before, what I mean is that weekend is kind of 4th of July weekend because you got the 30th, you got the 1st, you got the 2nd that weekend, right, in Conroe. And then you have the third that I'm sure a lot of people are going to take off or maybe have off. And then July 4th is the 4th, right? So make it along, you know, whether you're taking that week off or whatever you're doing, you can obviously go on out uh, to Classic Truck Throwdown. What they've reinforced to us is keep in mind, even though you hear the term classic car, or you hear the term in this case, classic truck, it's vehicles 25 years and older. So... You know, we're in 2023, so we're talking, you know, 98 is 25 years old, right? So I believe it's vehicles 98 and prior is what they're going after. But you guys know, same bat time, same bat channel in terms of the venue in Conroe that they have uh, Lone Star Throwdown at. The weekend of the 7th, 8th, and 9th of July is Southern Tradition. We're going to be up there. Uh, fingers are crossed that I'm going to make it to that one. Uh, I'm planning on going, and I just love the venue. Southern Traditions, a great show. And then Camp and Drag is the 15th, the 16th, and 17th, again, of July. So I know we're kind of within our normal scope because we're talking now, eh, we're almost in April. So April, May, June, that would be three months out, and then we kind of sprinkled in July there. So if there's something I'm missing – let me know, and I'll add it. And again, you can subscribe to our digital show calendar. Go to ourlifestylepodcast.com on the left side. For some reason, it doesn't always work with Android. Give it a try. Um, if worse comes to worst, send me an email, at gmail.com, and I'll send you the link. Uh, I don't know why it's sometimes tough to, to get that link out uh, the way I try to. So uh, those are a few things going down. The show updates brought to you by Made of Steel Show which I just mentioned come on out again join us mid May in Dover Florida madeofsteelshow.com it's going to be awesome and again it's a Friday Saturday so if you're local or in Florida you can head out Saturday night or hang out uh, and then leave Sunday morning you don't you're not going to miss anything cuz the show is not on Sunday okay uh, the next the podcast update so we had this one's this one's quick we had just a record pre-sale of hats, shirts, tank tops, and all that stuff. If you want to get in on um, some of the new Mazda merch that we hinted at, go to ourlifestylepodcast.com. Any of the few extras that we ordered, those quantities are going to be out there. So you're not going to be able to get a tank top. You're not going to be able to get a hoodie or a zip up because, again, we're not at this point, we're not ordering extras of those. It's just a little too tough for us as kind of the small organization that we are. But if you want one of the mini truck and retro hats, if you want one of the t shirts, one of the stickers, the banners, I think we did a sticker pack only, so it's three stickers. Visit ourlifestylepodcast.com. We can't thank Steve enough for allowing us to put his Mazda, the topless Mazda. Now, keep this in mind, it's not officially named Welcome to the Jungle. That's the OLP verse name for this. Merch. I know a couple people have hit me up and they're like, hey, there was a Mazda that was technically welcome to the jungle. Again, definitely no disrespect um, to anybody else. It's just that was in my mind. It screams welcome to the jungle. And it kind of tied into what I wanted to do with the themed OLP logo that appears on the front. So, again, hit our website up. We've got plenty of sticker packs and things like that that you could pick up. And the, the Mini and Retro Hatch, right, paying homage to Mini and those things have sold like wildfire, so we can't thank you enough for the support by you guys supporting us and the ladies. That allows for us to go do more and more and more, and we couldn't do it without people that support the cause. So thank you guys very much. The podcast updates brought to you by Graphics Mafia. If you need stickers or decals, maybe it's some light design work or you want to take an old sticker or old decal, And re-up and and get more. uh, Visit Graphics Mafia. That's G-R-A-P-H-I-X. Mafia.com. Hit up Buddy or Ryan. They will take care of you. Good people. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. I believe they're also on TikTok. Okay, last but not least, Airhead Nation updates. And we have a couple here that I want to share. And I'll go through these fairly quick. And then we're going to roll into CJ's audio in just a moment. Again, repping NC Florida. Good dude. And I can't thank Tim enough from NC Florida for suggesting CJ. Tim is uh, always looking out for us, as others are. But I just want to tip my cap to him and say thanks very much. Uh, So Dominique, Diggity Dom, had uh, wished Justin Santos, the big homie, a happy born day. And uh, happy born day, Justin. I I want to say this again. Justin, DJ Mays, Diggity Dom, they helped us tremendously at Lone Star But also, Scotty the body, I didn't give him enough credit. He did drive a little bit there, but he helped us all weekend. He's definitely Team OLP, and uh, we can't thank him enough. I think that's all I got for the Airhead Nation updates. I told you I'd keep that segment short and sweet. Airhead Nation updates brought to you by CNS Metalworks. Uh, Go to cs-metalworks.com, just how it sounds, cs-metalworks with an s.com. Hit up Chris. He's also on social media so Facebook and Instagram, if you need compressors, valves, AccuAir components, universal air tank, that like that modular tank that I got, Chris can certainly take care of you. Uh, he can drop ship those typically. Also, if you're in the California area and you want to bag something, whether it's a classic car, or something new school, or of course a mini truck, hit up Chris CNS Metalworks out there in Corona, Kilicali, good people. All right, everyone, thanks for rocking with us this episode. We'll hit you guys, Lord willing, soon with another episode. Stay on the rise, be safe this weekend, and enjoy the audio with CJ. Thanks, CJ. You did fantastic, brother. We got you. Peace. Hey, hey, so I'm super excited to talk with CJ Fayette. Ah, uh, CJ, man, tip of the cap to you. How you doing? I'm doing good.
3: How How about yourself?
0: Really good. I appreciate you sitting down here with us, man, to talk a little bit about trucks.
3: Appreciate uh, having me on. It's uh, been a, a little bit crazy for me lately. Oh yeah, with uh, bringing this truck out.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it. Um, why don't you just share a little bit of information about yourself, like kind of where you grew up? Um, are you from the South here?
3: So originally, I uh, was born and raised in Virginia on the coast at the beach in Virginia Beach, and then my dad was in the military, so I kind of moved all around after that. And uh, eventually, I joined the military too, following his footsteps. Joined the army, did that for about ten years, got out, and I ended up in Georgia, and uh, so that's where I really got into the mini truck world. Once I got down there and living in Georgia. A uh, couple of the NC Georgia peeps out there, so uh, Robert Robertson, Brian Beatty, Dennis Ricks, and all those guys up at the uh, NC Georgia. And then uh, from there, work brought me down here to Florida, and this is where I am now.
0: So, very cool, very cool. Well, thank you for your service and to your dad as well. I mean, that's that's a huge commitment, and not everyone can do it. And uh, certainly, you know, so we salute you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, no no doubt. So like circa, you know, back in the day, like, did you feel like you were a teenager that fell in love with mini trucks or did you just end up linking up with some good people that you named and you were just like, man, I kind of want to get into this too?
3: No. So I was kind of into mini trucks from a teenage. My first car was a, it was a piece of crap, man. That thing was a, it had a, it was a four tempo and that thing was always broke. And luckily for me, that car broke good. And I was, went out and started looking for a new tr- a new vehicle they could get. And I still remember the first mini truck I ever saw. And I'm 16 years old at this point. And uh, it was a Mazda or Nissan hard body. And it was lowered and had uh, paint. It had a blow through in the back. And the back was like, the interior was all velvet. And it had the wire wires on it. And I was like, man, that thing is awesome and my my dad was like nope you're not getting that yeah but ever since then i had that in my mind that i was like i'm going to build one one day and uh lo and behold as i got older and money was less of an object for me i was able to build something that i would was really only in my dreams at one point so yeah
0: for sure and it seemed like a lot of us we had we have those memories etched in our minds but we also had kind of like the dads that came from the generation they were from, like some of them were hippie guys, but some of them were service guys too. And they didn't maybe understand like when we wanted something wild with like the crazy interior, lowered the wheels sticking out, you know, reverse offset and that kind of stuff. I remember my dad, when I first was kind of telling him what I wanted, he probably was like, man, this is kind of weird, you know, but we stuck with our dreams. Didn't we, man?
3: Yeah, for sure. My dad thought I was crazy wanting something like that. And then Mm -hmm but now he he sees the the truck the Blazer and uh, he's like man that's amazing and he's uh super proud of it but back then he i guess it it was just a little bit different for him
0: yeah yeah it was same for for me and the situation i had and yeah i appreciate you sharing those details now when we were on the way to Lone Star Throwdown mike was talking because we had that like epic 6 hour delay craziness everybody knows about that i'm not going to be the dead horse but we were talking to the guy – well, they they were primarily. I jumped in the conversation a little bit. The place, is it auto – so you got to help me out here. Auto Extremes, is that – was that the main com- – or you know, as we kind of talk about your blazer, uh, talk to us about the, the shop that was the primary shop behind it.
3: So Auto Extremes, they're in uh, Atlanta area. Okay. And uh, Conyers. I'm really good friends with the owner, uh, Robert Robertson. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had started talking way back, probably in 2011 uh, timeframe about doing this truck. And I had originally, uh, I brought him the truck way back then, and then life happened. Mm-hmm. And so everything, everything got put on hold. Um, and so, and it wasn't until, I think it was uh, 2018 when life, my life got back on track and uh, we were able to actually start moving along with the build again. So uh those guys were awesome and every every point along the way, uh Robert is really good with uh the good idea fairy, as I call it. And he was like, I would say, Man, this is what I want and he would come back with me with, Well, what about this? And I'm like, that sounds really cool. Little did I know there's a bill involved with that too, but
0: <laughs> right, I, right.
3: I, I we we ran with it and uh and he'll even tell you that I bitched and moaned the the entire way uh every bill I got, but we still uh we made it through and uh those guys did amazing fabrication work amazing metal work from the building the frame to uh building uh the we we had to to think ahead when we were building it so when we we even thought about we wanted the back seat in the truck. So in order to do that, put a back seat in the truck, the links, the link, uh, the four link needed to be lower than a regular cause, uh, the way it had to move and everything. Yep. So that way the floor could be lower. And so thinking about all that stuff way ahead of time, back when we first started building it and then it didn't make sense then. But in the end, when you see it all put together and flowing as one, It totally makes sense thinking the way we did because when he wouldn't even start until I bought the wheels first, Uh he's like, nope, got to buy the wheels first. And I was like, we bought the wheels and we built literally everything around the wheels.
0: Very cool. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how really good high-end builders, people that just love what they do and they know their craft, they're thinking those three, four, ten steps ahead, if you will, To be able to go, well, hey, if you want to do this, we need to do this and this and this. And not everybody, you know, it's no slight against people that can or don't do that, but not everybody has that mindset. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, for sure. And uh, in this case, this wasn't the first time I had built the truck. I had built it originally uh, using my, my buddy's friend in the garage and everything like that. I just had it bagged in the front, bagged in the back. And in the end, I ended up doing redoing. Everything so it was basically starting from scratch when we started this build so But he uh, Robert and the team at Auto extremes Bubba and Tommy those guys uh, Did amazing work uh, Building this from the beginning to the end. I mean they did Everything metal wise to it. They did all the wiring Everything and we even have AC in the thing. So it's a, as a Florida truck, that's a pleasant thing to have.
0: Yeah. 100%. And uh, you know, he's talking about Robert Robinson. You can follow auto extremes Inc on Instagram. That's the official Robert Robinson, uh, Instagram for auto extremes Inc. You can see a couple photos. We'll share some as well. That's the cool thing. When I look at, You know, so often people get caught up with, and I know in the early 2000s, I got caught up with this. Everybody's doing motor swaps and all this. But when you look at, you know, a good running driving truck, you know, I love that you guys built it around the the 4.3. It looks like right in photos. So you've got the AC there and you've got the EDC, the engine uh, driven compressor. Dude, to me, I was very impressed with, with both of those ads, man
3: yeah so that was a tough thing to do with the four, with having the 43 having the AC and the engine driven compressor. we really tried to put use it with the stock hood, but that just it was just too much stuff in the yep. small space that we had. Yep. So we had to go with the cow hood on it. but uh that was that was a chore in itself, making all that stuff fit in that tiny space. There's many times where Robert would call me and said, "Are you sure you just don't want to do an LS swap?" And he's like, "This would be so much easier if we would just do an LS swap." But uh, the the I told him I said the engine was a good running motor, man. It's it's strong, and I had to and me I was thinking ahead. It was either an LS swap at that time or I was uh, trying to put money aside to have an interior put into it.
0: Right. So. Um, I
3: had to. I had to cut the cut the the line somewhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, you know some guys, you know, th- will come back and, and maybe you enjoy this thing for five, ten, what, however many years, and then you know you may decide down the road you want to change some stuff. But I think it is a testament to the commitment to go. You know what? I want to run this because, like, with my truck, I had a four cylinder that ran awesome, and I don't think that it was necessarily that the four 3 didn't, but it was like, we made so many changes at once, you know, it was like, okay, all new wiring, all new this, all new that, rebuilt engine and all this. And sometimes when you go and you make that much change at once, I mean, not that they couldn't have easily put an LS in it. I, I get that. But I, I just love the commitment that you had to say, you know what, let's stick with this for whatever reason, right? You had those in your head and it came out awesome. It
3: did. It turned out really good. And I know some people are going to like, man, it looks ugly. It's a 4.3. I was like, but I still love it. The fact that um, it's all in there and everything that I did want out of it, I still got. So, and the tubs that they made for in there makes everything look good. Um, It's nice and clean. It's not messy. And, uh, you know, it's not as pretty as an LS, but it does the job and it gets me uh, what I wanted out of it. So
0: yeah much respect on that when you look underneath the truck and again we'll share some of these photos you can look at auto extremes inc as well instagram i love that danny was there when i first came by at lone star and you know i talked to him briefly and others had chimed in and i knew this build was going to be kind of a high-end build and when you look at um I mean, it's really high-end. I mean, you've got all these different bead-rolled panels and stuff, and everything looks like it's almost like bedlined underneath there. I mean, what a clean, clean, clean uh, undercarriage, man.
3: Yeah, so underneath, we hid everything. Everything is either ran on top of the frame rails or within the frame rails from front to back. Um, the only thing that really pops out is my, uh, fuel filter. So it's easy to get to, mm-hmm. but everything else, if you look underneath, the only thing you see is you see frame rail, you see the floor and you see the exhaust running from front to back. Yep. Everything else is hidden away. So you don't have wires and, uh, fuel lines and all that stuff out in the middle of to, to see. So, uh, I really liked that idea and, uh, like I said, Robert and Tommy and the guys there at Auto Extremes—they uh—they made it happen. They made sure there was enough space, and and they ran it front to back and made sure everything was clean. Like, and a lot of people who have actually been under the truck, and it's hard to get under there these days, they'll tell you uh, that it's probably one of the cleanest undercarriage of an S10 Blazer or any mini truck that they've that they've seen uh, to this point.
0: Yeah, there's no argument there, and. I love how you guys also tied in the colors, right? So the bars, the underside of the gas tank, at least, and things like that. And then also the rear calipers, right? Because you've got the rear discs on it for the brake system. I mean, you've got some nice touches there that kind of bring it all together from the underneath.
3: Yeah, so we uh, we had all of... We had the, the brake calipers, which are uh, C5 Corvette brake calipers. Um, we had uh, the... Control arms up front, which were suicide door control arms that luckily I bought way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the links, the, the the fuel tank, the air tank, everything was powder coated, the red to match the paint. Um, so all that stuff matches up and the uh, frame was uh, painted. Actually, it wasn't powder coated. That was a another issue we had at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh it's a uh, painted um the charcoal gray color um to make everything kind of flow better together uh with underneath. So everything turned out really good and looks good and I know I have a couple photos on uh Instagram and I think uh Auto Extremes has their it you know, on their Instagram as well of the frame with all the, the colors, everything painted and powder coated and how it all looks good together.
0: Yeah. And you posted in the past, a, a a frame Friday and like you see that rear wheel, like how wide it is. And you see all of before the body's put on and you just see how it all is, is the best word I can use is executed, right? It's executed so well. Yeah. Everything
3: flows really well with the, the undercarriage. Um, And as I, and I can't give the, the image or, the the vision that uh, Robert had when he was doing it all, putting it all together and knowing all I had to tell him was, hey, man, I want a body drop blazer and I want it on 22 by 12s and uh, I want it to be red in color and he was like, okay, I got you and, and for him to be able to take that and, you know, build it the way it turned out was amazing And and I would not have had it if it wasn't for his ability to Do the things that he does.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're talking with CJ Fayette. Uh, You can follow him. It's C underscore F A Y E T on Instagram. You can see some of these other photos and some of the build up stuff. I love how you uh, showcased what was in progress. I think that's something that a lot of us got away from. The scene did because it's like, you know, you want to come out and you want to make this big first impression, which you certainly did. But at the same time you showcase the, the hard work, effort, and so on and so forth put into the truck up till that point, which, you know, I appreciate you sharing that stuff.
3: Yeah, I, I tried not to keep it a total secret and the stuff that I did put out, that stuff by the time I did put it out was had, had already happened well like months prior. So where I was like, Man, look at look at what we're doing here, like the front bumper, for instance. There was a lot of work put into the front bumper of the blazer mm-hmm. it started out was which what i thought was a, a bob grant bumper uh we're not really sure if it was really a bob grant bumper the way it was actually fitted in the end but uh we shortened it we brought it in we made it fit the way we wanted it to fit and then we also uh made it flow with the fenders on the front um because Originally, it didn't flow. It just kind of stopped, and then the fender started, and there was no flow. It didn't merge together very well. So uh, Robert was able to take it and, you know, do his metal fabrication and make it all look like it was meant to be. And then we filled the giant hole in the front um because before – the front was filled in, you could just see straight through and it kind of looked ugly. Mm-hmm. So we played around with it a little bit and we figured out what we liked best um, to fill it in with and we went with that and turned the execution on it was spot on. So like I shared some things about the front bumper on there. I think I shared some stuff about the 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 brakes and the transition we did from for the frame from the firewall because we only did a firewall back on the frame. Mm -hmm. We did three quarter frame. So we kept the uh, stock engine cradle area and we transitioned to the, the new frame and the transition work on there was, you know, beautiful. Oh yeah. So I shared a little bit of that. Um, I really didn't share the paint right of right away. Um, until later on and, and probably in my Instagram, there's a few different colors on there playing around with some people. Cause everybody kept asking me, well, yes. what color is it? What color is it? And, uh, you know, I, at the time being friends with, uh, Mike Barsha, I did the SEMA gray thing at first.
0: <laughs> right.
3: And then, uh, I, I, I think I played in a couple other ones, one with graphics, one was green with money signs on it until finally I showed the real thing. And then nobody really believed me. So
0: <laughs> yeah, we had fun with it. Yeah, you did good. You were throwing. I I loved the little, uh, you know, Iggies You were throwing out there trying to fool fool some people. You definitely did. Something that I think is really cool about the truck, and you know, talking with CJ here, is maybe didn't make it super clear. I've been doing some flip throughs on old mini truck magazines on our YouTube channel, and when you See, you know, oftentimes most of the Blazers, I think most of what we remember are the four doors, because like many truckers, we like the four door Blazers. And I kind of have been making comments recently doing these flip throughs. Like, I don't think the two doors got enough love. You know, there were some that were built back then. Not a lot. I mean, there was a couple handfuls, right, but not a lot of those. And I think like the nostalgia of where we are now, like we look back and go, man, they're kind of a little bit more rare. And they look so good, man.
3: Yeah. So I'll tell you the, the one that made me want to build mine. And when I, when I, when I started really looking into building uh, a mini truck was Shane Thompson and the, the Jimmy who, uh, that he had way back in the day, the red and black one, the one with the sick ass. I was like, he was a, he was a local friend of mine and I, I met him through going to a truck show and I l- fell in love with that truck. And I was like, I'm going to build one just like this. And me and him became best of friends. And we still talk to this day. And uh, he's the reason why I built this Blazer was because of of the Jimmy he built way back in the early 2000s.
0: Yep. I remember that the two turn it was black on top with red, right? Okay.
3: yep and he and it was a big thing' because he painted the wheels he had at the time black to match because nobody had the wheels and and so uh he was running i think twenties and twenty twos I think it was I forget the brand or the wheels but but yeah, that truck right there was the reason why I decided I wanted to build a two door blazer just because I fell in love with that one, and I was like, i'm gonna do it yep, yep, and from that point on, that was my goal, and the end of the day was to build something that was if not just as good, to be better than that one. And to the, to this day, that one still, I believe, is an iconic two-door Jimmy Blazer, whatever you want to call them. But yeah. uh, that one it's, is one of the ones that I – for round-body ones, that's the, the iconic one to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, there, there weren't a lot of them, especially laid flat, um, as you know, I think those front cross members and stuff, like, they weren't super easy to lay all the way out without doing some work to it. And you guys have certainly uh, made this one just look over over the top. Now, something that, you know, you've been around the scene a long time, something that you know is important is, like, you know, you, you'll often, I don't want to say often, but we'll sometimes see these high-end builds, and you get towards the end, and you go, man... Don't really have much more budget, right? And you kind of hinted earlier <laughs> that you, you know, you're like, man, dude, like, is this, when's the bleeding gonna end, right? Right, as far as money, but yeah, you, you hinted earlier the importance of like you had this forethought of the interior, and and oftentimes we'll see many trucks, you know, we are not all made of money, so you do all this work, and then you're like, man, you know, okay? The interior sometimes you look in these trucks and they're kind of stockish and whatever, and that's fine but that wasn't your plan. Your plan was to go above and beyond and do talk about what Chris Rollins and how all that come together.
3: Yeah. So, um, after I moved down here to Florida, I I was introduced to Chris, um, through going to shows with all the camera guys and, uh, we became real good friends. And at first, honestly, the, I didn't think I was going to have the interior that we ended up with. I knew roughly what, Chris was charging for full interiors. And I was like, I wasn't quite sure I was going to reach it. And I was messing with messaging him over and over. I was like, man, so give me a a window. Like, what do you think it's going to cost me for this interior? And he just wouldn't give me really an answer. And so one day I I moved my money around enough that I was like, you know what? Hey, Chris, will it work for this budget? He goes, that'll work. And any idea I had of whatever interior I was going to get, went totally out the window and Chris <laughs> knocked it out of the park. We, I mean, we thought, I thought we were going to use a stock dash. So I went out and I found like two pristine dash, uh, stock dashes for the round body S10. And I've had a, a good dash bezel, which is like gold these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I found all this stuff for, to have a stock ish interior. Cause I thought that was all I was really going to be able to afford. And, uh, Chris, um, he got what I, yeah, I gave him what my, my number was and he goes, oh, we're tearing it all out. We're going to start new. Wow. And you're probably he made,
0: smiling from ear to ear, right? I,
3: I had a huge smile on my face and, uh, he, I literally, the only thing he used was the frames, the metal frame of the, uh, Chevy Cavalier seats that I brought him. That was it he straightened those frames out because they were from the junkyard and he shaped the foam. He he cut all the leather uh, for the seats, stitched them all up and this was the first time he stitched the the seats. He used to not do the seats from scratch like that. Um, he used to take like, the in and, and do his own inserts into them but he made them, the seats from scratch. He shaped the foam. He uh, The dash that's inside of the truck which is top notch and a lot of people say it looks like a, an OBS dash that he just uh, modified but uh, he uh, he made everything from scratch like he started with nothing Wow and he he made everything work around the rest of the interior so uh, and we were another thing with the interior we were probably a third of the way in and Chris was getting ready to actually start on the dash and i i got a call from some people and sony actually wanted to uh sponsor me with the all the audio equipment that was inside the truck so we actually we were able to get a hold of that stuff because we told them it was like we're about to do the dash and the all the stereo stuff i have now is he needs that stuff to be able to fit for the dash, like where the, the head unit's going to go and the tweeters are going to go in the dash and everything like that. So they got us that stuff, that equipment uh, pretty quick, the stuff that we needed, at least for the dash. So, I mean, I think the head unit that's in there is like 10 and a half inches wide. It's It's
0: huge. It's huge. And it almost looks like a tablet, but it is a head unit, right?
3: It is a. It's actually one of the the newer floating head units, but we decided we didn't want. I didn't want a uh, floating head unit, so we uh, brought it. We sucked it in and uh, made it flush. Um, Since we were making everything from scratch, we could do whatever we wanted. So that's what uh, we went with. So and it turned out top notch. It amazing.
0: So. Yeah, it did and you can follow uh Chris Rollins. He is technically under Exotic Auto Trends T R E N D S on Instagram. Uh he's posted a few photos of it. The interior is just insane and I'm glad you kind of tied in the audio aspect of it because you know, you've got the interior but then you, the audio stuff is just baked in perfectly, right? So it's all seamless and um I just love how it all kind of comes together. One of the nice touches that Chris had posted, and you may have posted it as well, was talk to us about inside the door jam. So you've got that little badge in there.
3: I do. So uh, one of Chris's things is uh, he puts a badge on the driver's side door, and it says uh, his company name, which is uh, Kimball's Mobile Electronics and Interiors. And it also has the serial number for the which interior it is so he does that for all the interiors that he's done um this one happened to be lucky number seven so i convinced him to actually do something for me and just make it double oh seven nice instead of because he normally does the uh the four digits but i convinced i asked him if he could just do the three digits to make it uh double oh seven for me so i was like he he did that so that's pretty cool and then on the uh, passenger side door, this time around, since uh, we're all friends with Robert and uh, at Auto Extremes, he went ahead and made a badge for for them, and it actually it's, it reads out uh, "built very slowly by uh, Auto Extremes," <laughs> and that was that was always a, a joke that we had between uh, us friends. So, and Robert he signed off on it. He goes, "I love it," and he said, "Go ahead and put it on there," and uh, then. So that got put on there while we were at LST. So that was a, a good time to see the, the laughs we had over just a silly badge. But uh, it's it's good times.
0: Yeah, it came out great. The dash is awesome. Like you said, with the audio equipment, the gauges look great. The center console is to die for with some of the the um, the switches and whatnot. Of course, rocking AccuAir, you mentioned the seats. They look nothing like a cavalier type seat right they look fantastic but another aspect yeah. that has grown and are seen over the course of time is the the lighting talk to us a little bit about some of the led lighting in it that showcases the audio equipment
3: yeah so chris he put a uh, lighting around all the uh speakers that were that he put in so in the doors um he has speaker uh, lighting around those in the back next to the back seat um he put uh, lights around those and also in the very back over the sub enclosure. He has it on the top end, and Enhancing these the sub the subs and the uh, amps um, So he lights up really well um, when we turn those on but actually one of my favorite lights in the truck and I know it's probably silly is the the dome light so uh, he he made a, a new dome light for it and um, to kind of flow with the rest of the interior and i'm not sure why but i i love the way chris made the dome light on there it's uh and it's long it's just two led strips within the the piece but it it works great and it flows with the rest of the interior but uh besides that uh the other aspect of the interior that and i know i talked about it a little bit earlier was uh we have a back seat in it. It's a fully functional back seat in the back of the two-door Blazer. And normally, when you see all these Blazers, and you never ever see a back seat in it, it's one of the hardest things to do. And normally, if you do, you get a, a Jeep jump seat and you stick it in there. But uh, Chris went ahead and he made that thing from scratch wow. because, like I, like I said, we we planned ahead with the idea that we wanted to put a back seat in it, and when we built the floor. At Auto Extremes, we built it with the intention of the back seat fitting in a certain spot. And Chris, he made that whole back seat by hand, all the foam and the ideas of how we were going to do it. And the idea behind it was actually like the old uh, Camaros, how the the drive shaft tunnel would run between the, the back seat.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that's what we did. It was like on the bottom, it's a it's a like the jump seats and then or. Uh, not the jump seats but the 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 front seats and then the back is like a bench seat.
0: Yep, got um, it. with
3: the the drive shaft tunnel going right in between and he covered that with a you know leather more leather and foam but it flows really well and, and it fits in the space that we had. Now you can't fit a whole lot of people back there. Um but Danny he did fit in the back seat <laughs> when we went to go get dressed. So, nice. Cause, that was the first cruise we had. My wife got in the, the front seat, and then Danny jumped in the back, and we went to go get Judge LST because that was literally, besides driving it on the trailer and off the trailer, that was the first chance we got to drive it. So amazing! that was fun.
0: Yeah, dude. I tip my cap to you, man. It's just such an amazing truck. We'll share some photos of it. Uh, speaking of Lone Star Throwdown, when you were there, I saw that you picked up not only a top 10 mini truck, but you also won the other award. Talk to us about that.
3: Yeah. So, uh, I was actually surprised, uh, about this one. The, uh, it was the police choice award. So that was the first one I got called up for. And, uh, that was actually pretty cool that of all the vehicles out there, that the, the officers that work at LST picked the blazer, uh, as a, their, their top pick. So, um, that was actually pretty cool. I was uh, actually excited about that one. And then, uh, when they all came up to get a photo, I was like, Oh God, I got to go. But uh, (laughs) I stayed for the photo. And uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, I was actually, that was one of the, I was not expecting a specialty award like that at all. So, and then uh, when it, and it came to the mini truck top 10, that was mind blowing that of all the mini trucks out there uh, that the blazer finished was fit in with the uh the top 10 and and i know some people and i know some trucks that didn't get it and to to see that they thought that mine was in the top 10 and some of the trucks that didn't get it i was just like that's crazy to me anyways i know some people were like well the truck is worth it's it's getting everything it it deserves and but to me it's still kind of mind-blowing
0: hell yeah man and we're so happy for you before I let you go and we wrap it up here in a minute, do you want to share with us or can you share with us what Fight Club means? Because I know that's tied into the dash.
3: Yeah, so uh, because it took a while for the – I mean, people think that the bill took like a really long time. It really didn't take a long time. I might have dropped it off at Auto Extremes probably back in 2011. But because of life's things and sure. Robert being the friend he is, he kind of stored it away for me until uh, we were ready to start so really the build only took a total from the time Robert started it till the time Chris was done and I picked it up probably five years but in the meantime everybody thinks that the build took a, took me like 11-12 years to do <laughs> right so during that time frame a lot of people kept asking me what's up with the blazer what's up with the blazer and and you get you really get tired of answering questions sure. when it comes to that
0: sure
3: so one day I decided, you know what? You know the first rule about Fight Club is you just don't talk about it. <laughs> so, the 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 nickname Fight Club came to life, and that's why uh, the Blazer has been nicknamed uh, Fight Club is because of because of that. Because I get real I really got tired of asking answering the question of what's up with the Blazer. So right. my response was: you, first rule about Fight Club, you just don't talk about it, and everybody would laugh about
0: it, and, and Stop. we'd move on. So amazing thanks for sharing that man
3: yeah for for sure I guess the only other thing I want to talk about real fast when it comes to uh the blazer is uh the guys that that did the paint for me was a uh, Tyler over at the original paint shop and he's he's actually right next door to Robert so it was really easy it rolled out of one shop rolled into the other one and then rolled right back over to Robert uh, for it to be reassembled so um but yeah those guys he did a a top notch job with the, the paint. I and mean, we went with, uh, and they talked me into it because like the, like the, uh, I said about Robert, they have the good idea fairy over there too. And I just <laughs> wanted a, a plain red paint job and it turned into house of color candy, apple red, but it, it worked out really well. I love the paint. I love the flop that it has in it. And it turned out amazing. So Tyler over there at uh, the original paint shop, he did an awesome job doing it even though i know he probably hated doing the body work and everything else on it cuz he he mainly does motorcycles so for him to have to do a, a full vehicle um, not his he's not a fan favorite but uh, he did it and he knocked it out of the park and uh, it looked great so i wanted to make sure that we i i talked about that briefly so
0: yeah for sure dude and it it just really every aspect of it came together now behind every good mini trucker behind most mini truckers is a good lady, right? So you got to give a shout out to your girl because obviously she's put up with you through this process.
3: <laughs> yeah. So my wife, uh, Jennifer, she, uh, she has given me crap probably since day one about the truck, but she's my biggest supporter. She made sure she was going to be there at LST to see it debut. She, uh, made sure that she was there to see the truck get logoed into negative camber. And, uh, she's, she's definitely a a trooper. And yeah. So yeah. And she uh, supports me for that with all that stuff, all this stuff that I do with the mini truck, going to shows, going out of town on the weekends and all that stuff. And, uh, she, she actually, she, she does have a story that she never lets die when it comes to the truck though, as, uh, when uh, we were actually uh, saving up for our wedding and Robert was like, I need to buy We need to get the wheels. I was like, I got you. And I went and bought, I spent five grand on some uh, billet wheels. And my wife was like, well, when'd you get those? And I had to tell her that I spent $5,000 <laughs> on a, on a set of billet wheels while we're trying to save for a wedding at the same time. Oh, she boy. did not like that.
0: <laughs> Domestic dispute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, she she won't let that one die, but she uh she definitely supports me with everything I do um with the truck, with the truck club, with all the shows and everything else. So she's uh she's definitely a keeper.
0: Yeah, that's when you say like in Dumb and Dumber, hey, here's the IOU, don't lose that one. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um No man, that's that's great. And we you know, NC is, is a great club. So we wanted to say congrats for getting patched in there, as I always say, but you know, Tim and Chris Rollins and other people have, have rooted for you and said, Hey man, you should get them on. I, I'm sure there's other people in our ear. And when I saw your truck and I knew that there was this like kind of journey that you had, I knew that we, we had to talk about it because I mean it was just such a cool truck. You're, You're just a great guy, a great mini trucker, you know, family dude out there hustling every day and you built something dude that's just over the moon. So, you know, much, much respect, big fist pump. And I can't wait to, um, to see it again in person, man. I, it was hot out there at LST, but I think your truck brought the heat a little bit more, man. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm super happy. It was not cold and rainy this year and that we did bring the good, the good weather with us to LST because it made the weekend so much better. Um, especially as far as Florida boys, uh, we do not do good in cold <laughs> weather. Um. So, yeah, and I look forward to having it out at more shows the rest of the year. Um, have a few lined up already and then hope to add a few more along the way.
0: So, Yeah, you're a good dude, and for all the people that helped and some friends and contributors on that truck and the guys you talked about, you know, congrats because people may not realize it, but, I mean, builds like this help push the scene forward, you know, high-end, really nice stuff, you know, and you, you come out gunning for, you know, just wanted to build your dream. And, you know, you don't realize sometimes until afterwards that you really kind of shot for the moon and you, you went over it, you know, and you did great. And, and you built just a sick truck that again, I think it was going to go down as dude, you know, one of the baddest out there and it's got all of it undercarriage engine bay, interior audio lighting, you name it. You guys killed it, man.
3: Yeah, we, we tried to make sure we touched on everything and uh, put out the best thing, best vision that I could put out with the help of a lot of talented friends. And uh, even along the way, even now that the build's done, I still have a lot of uh, talented friends helping me with getting the truck ready for all the shows between Mike Barsha, Danny uh, Ternius, um, Brian Peralt and all the rest of the NC guys down here in Florida, you know, everybody's pushing me to, to make sure I get it to shows and, you know, getting it ready for other things that are going on for the truck that I won't say yet, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of people are still in the mix even after it's built. And, it, and, uh, we're, ha- we're going to have fun with it and I plan on driving it around. I drove it to work a couple times already, but now it's got to get, put away so i can get it cleaned up for some stuff that's going on and we'll uh push forward from there so it's it's been fun so far and i enjoy every bit of it so i'm like i said i'm just i'm mind blown about the amount of attention it's gotten we knew it was going to get some attention but it's funny that my friends are like oh you're famous now so i'm not famous just people know the truck (laughs) so and it's it's and it's only one to one show and one weekend so yeah. I look forward to seeing what the rest of the year is going to bring. So,
0: well, your humbleness comes through and you know, we appreciate you as a mini trucker and we wish you all the success. We can't wait to see it hopefully fingers crossed in the pages of Street Trucks magazine in 2023 and CJ, thank you so much for taking the time. Shout out to Negative Camber and all the people that helped you with this one. Congratulations.
3: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on too.